Recorded February 18th, 2024, this is episode 37 of Around the Board. Come at me, bro! This is a show where four board game enthusiasts discuss board games and board game topics. We start today's show by putting our guest on the hot seat. Then we move on to another great game debate, diving right into Aquatica. Then we say take that to each other and promptly move to a tantalizing round of Believe It or Not. And now here are your hosts, Daniel Connors, that's me, John, the Isman, Theisman, Chris, don't call him Thompson, Thomason, and today's special guest, Joe, our Christian bro, Bragg. Now join us around the board. Hey, you guys. So happy to see everybody here today. Joe, glad that you're on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked. It's great to be here. We are glad to have you on. (laughs) And right before we get into more about Joe, I, we have a couple things we want to talk about just real quick. Um, so here in Gardner, Kansas, we have a couple things that are super exciting. Uh, one of them is going to bleed into the YouTube channel. Uh, one of them is a convention that's going to happen here. Uh, so the first thing is March Madness of board games. Uh, I don't know any about that sports ball. And because of that, I wanted to co-opt, or is that the word? I don't know. I wanted to overthrow the March Madness that everyone is normally aware of and replace it with board games. So on our FBC Gamers uh, uh, Facebook page, we have a competition where four people create a bracket of 16 games uh, and they pit them against each other. And then all of our members on FBC Gamers, they are going to vote on which of the games they would rather play. Would they rather play Heat or would they rather play Earth? And then whoever gets the most votes will move on to the next round. And we do this until we finally find a winner. We've been doing this since 2020, and our winners so far have been Terraforming Mars, Wingspan, uh, last year's was Ark Nova, and the one that surprised everybody, Lords of Waterdeep. So you never know what it's going to be. Could be a new hotness or could be a Chris game. You don't know. So, uh, <laughs> But what we're going to do is on the show, we're going to kind of review every day. We're going to try to do it every day. I'm going to try to do it every day and talk about the four games that were uh, the four contests. And we're going to analyze it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to say we were shocked. We weren't shocked. We saw this coming. And, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for those March Madness of board game updates that are coming up. Daniel, and the other uh, one is Daniel, about real quick, FB- real quick, yeah, Daniel, do you know Do you know if any of the uh, online gambling sites are taking wagers on the uh, March Madness of board games? <laughs> oh, you know what? Next year, I'm going to I'm gonna go there ahead go. and uh, ask them to do that. It that would be awesome. It's pretty lucrative from them because this is a big <laughs> yes. deal. Big deal. deal. Tens of but, people. Tens of people. <laughs> hey, I think like 50 people get excited about it, and it, it is really fun. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair, yeah. fair. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, if you guys, uh, it, so our FBC group is lo- is supposed to be localized, but if you are interested in joining along and following along, uh, send me an e- uh, like a Facebook messenger, Daniel Connors, and I can add you to our FBC gamers group. So that would be one way you can participate. But hey, the next thing I'm going to talk about, I'm going to actually pass it on to John so you guys don't just hear me talk all the time. Oh, really? But it's about a convention that we have going on for about eight years now. So John, take it away. Yes, it is. We used to have a thing that we that we celebrated called uh, International Tabletop Day. Those of you in the industry may be aware of International Tabletop Day. Those of you that aren't in the industry probably have never heard of it because it was mostly just a retailer's holiday where they kind of get try to get some more customers in the door. We kind of, once again, co-opted it and made it our own thing where we had a festival. We had a gaming festival, and it was a one-day thing where you come out, play some games, give away a few games, whatnot. And that turned into some tournaments that we'd have. We had bigger prizes, bigger giveaways, still didn't charge anybody anything. Then COVID happened. And it went away for a couple of years. 
came back last year, reimagined. We were not in conjunction with the dates of International Tabletop Day anymore, so we changed it to FBC GameCon to kind of make it our own. It's a two-day uh, legitimate, pretty much, convention that's still free to the public, and it's going to be Friday and Saturday, April 12th and 13th. And so if you're anywhere in the Kansas City metro area on those days, please come on out. We're going to have a way where you can... Uh, now we're going to have a way where you can register online. You're going to have sticker badges that you'll get for free when you show up. There's going to be, there's as usual, spin the wheel, win a free game when you show up. There's going to be tournaments. You win tournaments. I mean, it's what, like 10 people in this tournament? You got a good chance to win it. Most of them are learning the game. And uh, you walk away with a prize there. There's raffles all day, learn games, open gaming, whatever, man. There's the best free gaming, two days of gaming that you can find anywhere in the Metro. So please join us at FBC GameCon Friday and Saturday, April 12th and 13th. Cool. Yeah, we give away almost, we give away over 100 games on that day, and it's mm. completely free, too. We get a ton of sponsors. Wow. I know some people think, free con, it can't be good. No, this is the best con you will ever go to, I promise. And the games are wonderful as well. Mm -hmm. Like, these are, like, hotness. Like, we'll probably try to get Heat being given away. We'll probably have a game like Everdale given away. Maybe not those games specifically, but that quality of game yeah. is what we are going to be offering. Yeah, last year we gave away Ark Nova. Um, and years before that, we gave away Dark Tower. We gave away Gloomhaven one year. So, like, these are, like, legit games you will be ecstatic for. So for that's enough of the updates. Let's talk <laughs> to the man that everyone's here to see and talk about today. And that is the dude in the corner and the purple. And that's Joe Bragg. What up? I'm actually right now trying to figure out how far it is from Kalamazoo to Gardner, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. bro. I got to get in on some of these giveaways, man. Let's go. Make an excuse and head <laughs> it actually, out. It, yeah, it actually sounds like a phenomenal time. And uh, it might be worth the trip. I don't know if I can convince my wife to be like, hey, I'm heading off to Kansas for a weekend for a gaming convention. Have fun with the kids. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Bring her with Hey, you can take the kids. Bring them all. Yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> cool. There you go. Cool, cool. <laughs> And I got a pull-out couch you're welcome to. So, you know, you got a place to stay. We can all good. sleep Go. on the one couch. It'll be amazing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, good. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> all right, Joe. Well, thank you for coming on the show, man. Um, so tell tell the people a little bit about what you do. I know I discovered you from the Facebook group, uh, Christian Board Games, which then yeah. turned into a podcast, which then I found out you have a board game as well. So you're just the, a man of many talents. So why don't you, you kind of discuss a little bit about that, that whole unravel all of that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm super stoked. I love your show. So it's nice to actually be in a square. It's pretty surreal a little bit. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I uh, started a Facebook group um, called Christian Board Gamers. Really just felt like there was a little bit of a void uh, in that space where, um, you know, like-minded individuals, you know, especially looking at the Christian faith, could come and talk about board games in a safe space and just have really great conversation. And also wanting to tap into some of the other designers so that Christians, uh, that are in the hobby could connect, connect with you know designers that are making more faith-based games or things like that and it was just something that, that uh, God had really placed on my heart and wanted to be obedient to it and when I first started the group there was like only my friends that were in it and like my mom you know and I was like well I don't know what this thing's gonna do and so I left it alone and then I started noticing people started um, you know joining the group and I'm like you know maybe I should start posting stuff I guess maybe that would happen now <laughs> and it started to uh started to grow and slowly but surely like things are starting to pick up and now we're kind of in a little bit of a, a steamroll um where more and more people are joining uh each day which is really really exciting so we're up over 600 members on our way to 700 uh we unlock our another giveaway at 700 we're giving away a copy of the unseen and new kingdom gardeners which is really fun 
cool. and then uh, and and all that kind of stuff. When we get to a thousand, we're going to be actually really um, doing a copy of Deliverance um, as well as nice. New Kingdom Gardeners again. So really, really excited. It's been such an amazing community. Um, have an incredible admin team, which has been really, really helpful, and just really pumped. We out of that, we do have the podcast, the, the Christian Board Gamers podcast, which we are getting set to drop episode eight tomorrow. And uh, and so that's still relatively fresh, but uh, really excited about how that's been going. And we have our first retreat actually coming up April 5th through the 7th. So uh, we've partnered with Camp Living Waters out in Luther, Michigan, and we're doing a retreat. And so we're excited. People have been registering for that. It's going to be an awesome weekend um, of just gaming, hanging out. We're going to have worship and uh, message, but really, really fun. So, yeah, you mentioned game designer. Um, I started designing a game in June of 2022 called Meek Heroes Victory. It's a deck building, uh, light worker placement with resource management uh, type stuff. I really enjoy all three of those genres of games. And so I uh, put them all together and thought it'd be really fun. And uh, it's been really amazing to watch people get behind it. Um, it you know, Within a year, we were able to get it out and get it on people's tables. And I've done everything small batch publishing. Um, and so I've got, you know, right now, um, probably approaching about 150 copies on people's tables, which is really uh, pretty amazing for me. I, I, my my view of success in this was, can I create the game and get it out? And if I could get it on one person's table, I would be uh, content with that. And it was been it's been really cool. And so now we're working on an expansion and some uh, updated graphics and some different things that we're just really excited about in the uh, future. And I've also created like a small take that game um, that uh, when it originally released was called Remix Rewired. And we're actually retheming that a little bit, reworking it. Some other people have come alongside me that really caught wind of the vision and really like the games. We're like, hey, let's take this to another level. And so we're getting set to. Um, announce the officially you will announce it here right not right where we take remix rewired and turn it into i know brand new news right uh <laughs> take remix rewired and turn it into meek heroes clash so we're really excited okay, cool. about right. yeah so we're pretty pumped about about what's happening there but yeah it's been a lot of fun it's been uh, quite a journey and just really excited about um just everything that's been happening it's a lot to manage but it's definitely been worth it and loving the community so Cool. That's awesome. Uh, hey, about your games, are they are they specifically Christian themed or are they Christian adjacent or not not at all? Man, well, Christian adjacent, that's a different term. I'm not sure I know what well, that is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, well, like, are you standing I like to think next our show is like Christian like, adjacent. Yeah. Like we're definitely yeah, Christians sure. yeah. who want to want to show that a little bit, but that's yeah. not what we're focused on, you know. Got you. Yeah, that makes sense. That was yeah. just a curveball. I never heard that phrase. Uh, no, we're good. Um, yeah, it is. It is a. Uh, I call it a biblically inspired, right? And uh, okay. and you know more than more than uh, just like a direct Christian. But yeah, it's dealing with uh, Mikiro's victory is more about spiritual warfare and uh, evangelism. It's kind of worked out in the mechanic. And uh, especially we're going to really amp that up in the expansion and it's going to be a lot more evangelism and discipleship and how that kind of works in a uh, card card mechanic. So pretty pumped up about cool. that. But yeah, so definitely. And then the take that is uh, the retheme is a lot more remix rewired was just a fun set collection. Uh, but the retheme is a lot more, um, you know, dealing with. Uh, some of the spiritual warfare principalities kind of stuff and, and then just molded, uh, made that into the take that style game. So. Uh, before yeah. we move on there, Joe, I just want to ask you something real yeah. quick because you're mm -hmm. a conglomeration, a group of board, Christian board game designers and such, and this has to happen where somebody comes up to you that's new to the group or is not that familiar with uh, modern board games, and they say, hey, I got this great idea for a game called Bible Baseball where the pitcher throws <laughs> you a quote from the Bible, and if you can guess where it's from, you get a single, and if you guess it again, you get a double. 
Now, yeah. does, do people come up to you with these bad board games that sound like they came out in 1960, or does that not happen? Are people just aware enough now that that doesn't happen? Uh, you know, it, oh, man, I wish it has happened because that just sounds like a really fun conversation. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, I mean, I think you see a number of different different ideas. I have yet to see that. But, man, that sounds fun. So, no. Um, but but yeah, there's there's a I think I think people have a lot of different ways. And, and again, in, in like you said, in this day of modern, you know, gaming, I think the faith based games have definitely turned for the better. Um, you know, we're, we're stepping out of the, you know, the Bible trivia zone and we're stepping into some really creative mechanics and, um, kind of just working. <laughs> you all right there, Daniel? You good? <laughs> yeah, I was going to get deliverance down for my shelf, but then I decided yeah. not to. It was oh, too, yeah, that too high. I just too, got done yeah. with surgery. Right. Oh yeah. It's too high and too heavy, man. You're going to feel yeah. that one. That, that box is huge. But, yes. but again, deliverance is, I mean, what a prime example of yeah. taking, taking, uh, you know, a biblical, uh, motif and, and theme and just making it into this epic dungeon crawl mm-hmm. and, and just really love, love that. And so again, nothing against Bible trivia. I'm not saying there isn't a place for it. Uh, I think there is. And I, and I, again, I, I want us to be sharper and, and understand oh, know the word, but it, but to me, it's been really, really exciting to see, um, you know, more Christian games and just elevated. And, and again, not to get onto too much of a tangent cause we have a time here, but like, I was talking to this with with like Andrew Lowen and a couple other designers where it's like I feel like what what God might be doing in that space right now is very similar to like early uh, in the 90s in the Christian music scene where, you know, it was kind of this cheesy music. And then all of a sudden these bands just started to emerge and then boom, yeah. it hits the scene. And now you have every genre of music yeah. where you can find. Um, and that's really, really exciting. I think I think we see we're seeing some of that happen in the board game and design space. Yeah, you're right. Like, obviously, Deliverance is a really good example of, like, a dungeon crawl that's Christian-themed that's amazing. But the other one that comes to mind is Garfield Games. They're coming out with Ezra and Nehemiah. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, that's good. I was trying to figure out how the music fit there. I was (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Ezra and Nehemiah backed that for sure. Super excited uh, about that. And, you know, even listening to... uh, one of the interviews with Shem or, or it was a written article and he was talking about how uh, they focused more on like the, the um, historical historical side. aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I still think, I mean, no matter how you look at it, you're, you're still, you know, depicting an event in the Bible. And so, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I, you probably see it in some of my things here. I really love their games. So very excited yeah. for it. Joe, where can people get a hold of you and a copy of their game if they want to? Yeah, so you can actually go to meekheroes.com, and you can uh, find that's M-E-E-K-H-E-R-O-E-S.com, meekheroes.com. You can find a copy of the game there and uh, contact me, all that. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, thanks for sharing all that. Uh, we're going right. to cut you off here, though, because our first round is actually going to be you on the hot seat. Oh, okay. but Wait. We, we got to do something here. Andy's not here to, to, to miss my cue, so I had to miss it myself. So first of <laughs> all, right. what time is it? That's right. It's time to play the game, guys. Around the board is all about debating different topics within bo- t- uh, tabletop gaming and four unique segments, each hosted by one of us. And a behind-the-scenes judge that really does exist, we promise, will award points. At the end of the show, the contestant with the most points will be given two full minutes to prattle and spittle into the mic about whatever nonsensical antidotes they like. 
Now, it's time to play the game. Round one, fight! So in this segment, we're putting on our guest Joe Bragg on the hot seat. Each of our around the board hosts will give rapid fire questions to get as many questions answered as fast as we can from Joe. Can Joe handle the hot seat? I mean, everyone else has been able to, so he probably is fine. <laughs> All right, Joe, are you ready for this? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I will yeah. say, let's let's get, so Randy, behind the scenes, can we get him on the hot seat, please? And I'm going to start you off with the most important question and challenging question you will have and that okay. is what is your number 21 game of all time my number 21 game of all That's time right. wow oh my goodness that is uh in a hot seat uh died. uh what do i got behind me uh let's go with uh, everdell farshore number 21 everdell farshore okay that's yep. wow right. that's pretty quick is that's is that is that like the bridge version of Everdale or like Everdale Jr. or something like that? Wow. Uh no, no, it's actually they uh no, they just uh they just released Far Shore not too long. It kind of corrects a little bit of where Everdale ah. maybe missed. And it's it's oh. a really fun game, I, which is now my number 21. I totally go. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great. 100%. That's locked in. You can't change it. Can't change it. It's going to be 21 until until it's not. Uh, all right, Joe. Uh, first of all, I was a little offended when you talked about how cheesy the Christian music was in the 80s because I was headbanging like no other back in the 80s with to that Christian music. So so that, that wasn't very nice. But anyway, that has nothing to do with my question. My question is, as a Christian gamer, Dungeons and Dragons, yay or nay? So I am not a role-playing guy, um, but I don't have any issue with people playing Dungeons & Dragons. I've actually seen it used in many ministry settings. I have a good friend who actually uses it in that way. Um, and so I have no issue with it whatsoever. I'm just not a role-player, um, but I have many friends who have you know, really wanted me to do it. I just have yet to. So, But no, I, I, I mean, I see a yay for it. I have no nay that I could share. Okay, yay, well, it sounds a lot like know. my answer would be. Chris, what yeah. you got, buddy? <laughs> All right. Uh, I was actually going to be one of my questions about D&D, so I'm marking it off. Anyway, so now I have a fixed... Uh, this is great. I'm glad this led to this because I actually have an extra question. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, what level of disrespect did you feel for Daniel talking about that copy of Everdale? <laughs> calling, calling it a children's version yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, oh, your gaming abilities, you're probably at the junior level, maybe. Yeah. I, yes, is that I think that one's called My Lil Everdell. This is not that yeah. Super disrespected. Ten out of ten. Yeah. There we yeah, go. Very good. Great. Good hey, answer. ten out of ten. That's, that's always ten good, out of right? Ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always good. I don't get ten out of tens very often, so I'll take it. <laughs> All right, my question, Joe, what Bible story would make a good board game or would that you would want to see converted into a board game? Yeah, love that. We actually talked about that on our podcast. So there's a ton of them. And uh, one of the ones I would love to see, and I cannot figure out how to make it work for the life of me, is taking the uh, scene where Jesus is feeding the 5,000, turning that into a competitive worker placement. And uh, <laughs> I know, you know, I just think wow. it would just be such a such a fun thing to find a way to do it. Like at the end, it's like I filled more baskets than you, so therefore I I win. Now, it would, you know, more in the more in the cooperative space, it'd be really fun to see how you could play that out and actually feed 
uh, you know, a multitude of people. And so I think that'd be really fun uh, to work out for sure. Just like, if nothing else, I like the mental gymnastics of that idea. That actually sounds right. kind of fun trying to figure that yeah. out. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a little selfish and take the take the question, too. So I had one and somebody <laughs> asked in your Facebook group, and that was uh, uh, how do you make sharing the gospel into a game? And I totally think reworking Lost Runes of Arnak would actually work really well because you have the research track and you have the exploration. So you have to go like to different sites and, and see Jesus do the miracles and stuff. And then you research it and you you document yeah. it in the Testaments. Yeah, I yeah, think oh, yeah. You, you could call it my little Bible game, right? Like you, whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I know they say like flattery is like, you know, is a great compliment or whatever, whatever the phrase is. I'm not smart enough for that stuff. But I don't know... Uh, that you could just go ahead and remake Arnak into a gospel sharing game, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that's great." And I don't know if you can do that, but try. I'm all for I'll it. I'll try. Man. Whatever you it's want. It's my goal do. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, first of all, Daniel, uh, they already made that game. Chris owns it. It's called Crusaders. They will be done. So oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, I mean, they did spread the gospel. <laughs> through, uh, that's right. Uh, oh, or die trying. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Joe, for your next question. Just random uh, gaming question. What was your gateway game? Did you have a gateway game that got you into modern board gaming? Yeah, so it's the typical, man. I started with Catan or Catan, however you want, if you're, whether you're fancy or whatever, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> and then uh, from there, it became Dominion. And after Dominion, I was pretty well I was pretty well hooked. I was like, man, there's more here. Um, and, yeah, I've been pretty excited about it since. But, um, really, I, I came into the hobby full-blown probably around that 2020 time, you know, which, like, really opened up. I've been playing games for a long time, but didn't actually consider myself a hobbyist until later. And then wow. uh, my collection just grew, and I've just been enjoying them more and more uh, ever since then. So I know that might feel kind of lame, like, because I, I don't have the backstory of I've been playing games since I was a little kid and now I'm a professional <laughs> gamer. It's not really my story. <laughs> no, everybody, um, hey, everybody's story is different for a reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I did, I did, I did start with, with Catan and then Dominion, loved it, played a number of games with a number of friends, but didn't have really my own collection. And that has since changed exponentially. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick follow up. Do you play either one of those still, Catan or Dominion? Uh, okay, so Catan is probably the worst game ever made. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, um, no, I actually I try not to play Catan anymore. I don't like who I am when I play it. Um, ah, and okay. I, I play I play Dominion. Uh, I play Dominion often. But yeah, I don't I don't play Catan much anymore. Um, I had dice thrown at me one time, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Did, was it, okay, so I got a question. Did you get thrown at you because you just completely cut someone off from, like, playing the game or something? Well, so I play the game off the board, right? Like, I politic. I want to play the people. And so I convinced everybody <laughs> to take take this individual's longest road. But nobody was paying attention to the fact that that meant I was going to get it and win on my turn. And, um, <laughs> and she could see that, but nobody was listening to her. They were all like, yeah, you, yeah, that's right. We got to stop her. And I had convinced yeah. everybody. And then uh, – then I won the game. She grabbed the dice, threw them at me, and uh, it just—I was like, "I'm, I'm done with this thing, man. I'm, I making, I'm making enemies, I, not friends." No I mean, that's that's the best way to play. That's how Chris loves to play Oasis. Just you know, okay. that, that behind the yeah, scenes politicking. Daniel ruined that game. Um, <laughs> um, all right, Joe. So what, uh, like, what genre is there? Is there a genre that you used to really enjoy in board games that you don't really care about as more that you kind of cooled on? Um, not, Wait, not, it's so, not a genre. Is there a game that you loved that you cooled on other than, I guess, Catan? Since other, you other, other, yeah, yeah. other than the Catan or the Catan. Right. Um, yeah, no, or you Settlers. Know, 
Do you want to call it that? <laughs> Settlers. Settlers is, a, is an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question almost in the reverse. I used to be very cold on rolling rights, and now I'm starting to really appreciate them more. So I've kind of gone the opposite direction, Funny. which was one that I was pretty cooled off on and was like, yeah, I don't really care. And then uh, it was actually, ironically enough, the, the Catan rolling right that kind of hooked me a little bit back in. <laughs> I played I played it with my wife, and I was like, this is actually really enjoyable. And then we went into Bloom, and now I'm starting to explore more and more of these rolling rights that, that I was originally like, I don't want to really touch much of that. So um yeah so kind of the opposite there but yeah that, that's where i'd go so cool. so katana brought you back together because i assume she's the one that threw the dice at you yeah no <laughs> she was not the one who threw the dice at me no but my wife now knows my strategy way too well so when we play with other players she's like he's talking you cannot listen to him so she uses my strategy against me and she plays me while the rest of the people yeah it's not it's not good now that she knows all my tricks so Couples are always right. great at games because that there is that that inner party conflict. We always talk about like there yeah. two our two are good friends. We play lots of board games with their how uh, their husband and wife. And like if yeah. you're playing a three player game with them, you're almost assured to win because they will just burn each other <laughs> to the ground, <laughs> just making sure the other one doesn't win. Yeah. So you get like an easy win every time. It's That's great. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the facts there. All right, Joe. So this is the last round of uh, a long winded questions. Uh, who inspired you to do your podcast or what did or, you know, what other sure. podcast do you listen to that you modeled it after that type of thing? Yeah. So uh, I'd always really wanted to do a podcast. Um, I tried a couple of them in the past and nothing really stuck. Right. And I was like, man, this isn't really, really isn't really working. And uh, my buddy Ray, who I do the podcast with, I was like, Oh, I got this crazy idea. Like you're a little bit newer to the gaming hobby. I'm not super launched in it, but I've been playing games for a long time. But it was like, why don't we start a podcast where we're merging, you know, board games and talk about the Bible, Christian living, like life in general. Like, let's do that and have some fun with it. And he was like, man, I'm all in. I feel like I want to wanted to do a podcast for a little while. And so um, I actually have always loved radio and wanted to do radio when I was younger and even went to school. And was in, when I was in college, I was on the radio. I did radio shows and all that kind of stuff and really, really loved it. So podcasting was always something I felt like I wanted to do. So, I mean, I don't necessarily have like a, a huge, oh, I modeled it after this. I just, I love radio and I love what podcasts can be. And I uh, just have a deep passion for games and in particular how games can connect to a lot of spiritual motifs, how we can use, how we can use them to, you know, just connect with people, man. I am big on community and that's really what I want to, um, you know, drive home even with the podcast and just connecting with people. But yeah, I've always, I've always been a big fan of radio and, and podcasts seem like a natural progression. I just couldn't land the plane on what to do with it. So yeah, sure. and, and I do. I mean, again, I know I'm on this show. I do listen to y'all quite regularly, so you are part of my podga- podcast. You're the one. The one. <laughs> You're the one. Someone's <laughs> got to do it, man. But I'll do it. No, so so that is that is there. I'm learning more and more. I actually, uh, I really like Gabe uh, Barrett's podcast, Board Game Design Lab, which is a really good one. Um, just it speaks to me in a lot of ways as a designer, and I learn a lot there. And I just like board game podcasts in general. The Chasing Meeples podcast is a lot of fun. Um, that's a that's a couple, and they get on and they just laugh, and it's just a really great time. I enjoy yeah. it. Um, and so there's a number of, of great gaming podcasts out there. Um, Meeple Nation cool. is another one I, I listen to a lot as well. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, before I ask you this question, uh, you might know where I stand on this because I'll tell you my camera right now is resting atop a gigantic box that holds the copy of Cleopatra and the Society of Architects. 
<laughs> and my question to you is, is there such a thing as an overproduced game or uh, like has too many components, too nice to components? Uh, do you enjoy those games or do you have some kind of a martyr syndrome where you don't want to have fun playing a game? Which, which is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't lead the, you don't lead the interview at all. Do you? Not at all. Like, hey. Leading the witness, your honor. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly, that's exactly it. All right, man. So here's the deal. I don't have, uh, any issue with overproduced games. Um, I really don't. Honestly, I, um, if a game is well done. And it is fun, and it isn't just a bunch of components just for the sake of components. I'm all in, right? Like, I don't mind playing the game that sprawls out the entire table. I mean, one of my favorite games is Anachrony, and it's a it's a big game. But I also, I mean, I won't pull it out right now, but I got, like, the, the exosuits and all the big nice. stuff and just make it, make it a lot of fun. So it's because it's very thematic, and that's not even the, the biggest of the games. But I really don't mind a game that, that is uh, has a lot of components and is, you know, nice components overproduced so long as the game is fun. Um, I don't love games with a billion rules that you can't follow and your player aids only have like three things on it. And you're like, this isn't yeah. working. I can't get into it. Um, but if a, if a game is well done and I can have fun with it and the people I'm at the table with are having fun with it, then I don't care if the game's got a billion pieces. Like, let's get at cool. it. But yeah. uh, so you actually have a special suit you wear when you play Anachrony? Is that <laughs> yeah. what I heard? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I mean, even I might <laughs> balk at that one. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a big old exosuit. Nah, it was... <laughs> After after I played that game, you know, I, I had I had purchased it and I and I really, really liked it. And I was just asking people like, hey, do you get the exosuit minis? And and everyone's like, yes. And I'm like, well, there's no like no negatives. No, just get them. It's a quality of life thing. It's going to make the game. that <laughs> There much you better. go. Exactly. And and they weren't wrong, man. It just makes it just the game feels so thematic. Like you're on a planet that's going to, you know, blow up and it just really feels that way. And the exosuits. Man, they they just do it as well worth the well worth the funds. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and I don't have one, but I would. These things are sweet. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, Chris. All right, yeah. One, so, one more. So you're a musician, right? So uh, what all what all instruments do you play, and which one is your favorite? Okay, so um, drummer, but also vo vocalist. And my vocals are my favorite. So um, I love playing the drums, have fun with it, but I, I put it down and really sw switch to vocals. But I'm like, a, I go all over the place in vocals. So I started off as a, a metal vocalist, so, uh, but more of like, a, yeah, screaming, all that kind of stuff, like that kind of metal, not the, not the John metal, the wee, not, not any right, of that yeah. stuff. Um, but the, uh, but the just straight up like screaming. And then uh, I was a big uh, Deftones fan growing up. And so I don't know if you're familiar with the Deftones at yes, all, yes, but yes. Um, so I got my start kind of in that, that genre. Um, and then throughout the way, I started to learn how to rap and sing a lot more. And so um, kind of have a little bit of like a, a vocal range where I can scream, sing, rap, and just have a lot of fun with it. So I really enjoy uh, the vocal space. Um, always wanted to really learn the guitar. I can play a pretty good guitar and drop D, but I can't play guitar outside of that. But, uh, the drums, yeah, drums for sure. Yeah, awesome. you got, I think you got two awesome. points for the drums because that's what uh, our producer Randy, that's his uh, yeah. instrument of choice. Uh, okay. You got rewarded okay. for that. Oh, sweet. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Okay, so now this is going to be the rapid fire questions. We just have three each. So are you ready for it? Just this or that? And Yeah, whatever, whatever works, it? man. I mean, I don't even okay. know how I handled the last, the long form question. <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine. I don't know. We'll let the viewers decide. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Meeples or standees? 
Uh, did you say meeples or standees? Um, Correct. Uh, standees. Yes! Oh, okay. <laughs> He's got to celebrate. Uh, co-op or competitive? Competitive. Yes. Very good. Yep. Uh, New Testament or Old Testament? <laughs> the Testament. Yeah, the all Testaments. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stefan Feld or Stephen Jackson? Ooh. ooh. I'm going to go with Jackson. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. All right. That's, That's pretty cool. cool. Uh, I think I might know the answer to this. Store games vertically or horizontally? Next <laughs> <laughs> <Nice> question. <laughs> well, for, for our listeners oh, out there. Yes. Um, yeah. This is uh, horizontal. Very yeah. clearly not gotcha. vertical. I, don't, I so can't understand of, that. Okay. You're one yeah. of those weird people. Y'all, okay. y'all, y'all's shelves are making my brain glitch right now. Man. I, can't, I can't do it. I don't yeah. get it. We're just too lazy because we get you get, like you. You got to pull all five out and pick the one. This one, I just got to pick one. It's just it's a laziness True. thing. So, uh, <laughs> all right, whatever. So, it, all right. So, is Crokinole a board game? <laughs> okay. You know full transparency. Is. No full transparency. I almost said God bless you. Did you just? <laughs> what, what is that? Yeah. No, I don't. So, I don't think. Yeah, Crokinole is kind of like a mix between shuffleboard and 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 curling, which is kind of like shuffleboard on ice, anyways. But it's it's a circular board, and you flick these little discs, and uh, uh, it's a game that I've loved forever. We have a long time story that joke a thing about it with our our show because of uh, Daniel long ago at a Gen Con. They went to a secret cabal show, and they gave like they they Andy is like notorious for just winning stuff. It's it really is weird. And okay. so he won, and Andy didn't know what he'd pick, and he, there's this giant table of games to choose from. And these Crokinole boards, like a, a baseline entry-level nice one, until Mayday started doing them uh, in Kickstarters a few years ago. Until they did it, baseline anywhere was like three or $400. So mm. anyway, so there's this whole table of all these board games, and there's a Crokinole board there for free. And it's like, you know, pick whatever you want. And so Daniel tells Andy's like, I don't know what I want. And he's Daniel's like, oh, go get these games. And he told him to pick like three child games. And I was at Gen Con with him. Or no, it was an origin. I think Gen- I remember hearing some of the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and so then I was off doing my own thing. I wasn't with him. I was doing something else. And then Daniel comes and sees me. He's like, hey, Andy won something. He's watch this. And he shows me the video. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, what? And I'm like, there's a crocodile board right there. What What do you do? Why did you tell him to pick those other games? And he's like, well, because I don't know. I'm like, that thing's like $300. Those are child's games. What are you doing, you idiot? So and then, then he, he stands behind the veil of Andy's wife being happy that he didn't bring home this giant board. But you know what, Andy? Bought one himself a couple years ago. So uh, Daniel cost Jessica money. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Dan, I'm not Daniel, bitter forever. But anyways, Dan, it's, a, Daniel it's, clearly... it's a funny joke, but it's actually a fun dexterity game. So you should look it up. It's yeah. originated okay. in Canada. Well, it's it's on a board, so why not be a board game? Oh, I think that hey, makes total sense. Bad answer. Bad but, answer. Well, hold yeah. on, man. I mean, I mean it, it, he said he said you play it on a board. I don't know. Like, it sounds like a board game to me. Yeah. It's a table. You play it on a table. It's like, all right. It's like move a on, Daniel. Thing. <laughs> All right. Well, this was the rapid fire round, but Chris, uh, Chris, kind of Chris is always really good at the rapid so. fire. <laughs> story I can't never not tell. It's too good. All right. Dice Tower or Shut Up and Sit Down? Nice tower. Nice. Okay. Uh, FLGS or online purchase? Ooh. Uh, FLGS for sure, but it's hard to beat online per- purchases sometimes. This is true. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
So The Rock says, or The Rock. <laughs> Chris, bro, who's writing your questions, man? Like, <laughs> that was me. How... I came with that 100% on my own. How in the world? Bro. Okay. Um, the I movie or the wrestler? Like... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Like, I, yeah, I, I was getting that, but I was like, man, I want to pretend like I really know what you're talking about when you're asking your question. Are we talking about The Rock or Sean Connery? I would, I'm would. i a Sean Connery guy. I'm going to go with the movie because I'm not I'm not going to play the, the other thing there. So yeah. Very good. Nice. All right, Joe. Well, you survived it. I mean, uh, you know, Chris gave you a nice little breather there, but uh... – <laughs> <laughs> all right well guys that was joe on the hot seat if you have any questions for him go ahead and let us know in the comments below also join his facebook group christian board gaming uh christian board gamers uh pretty active there as well so uh yeah thanks for uh thanks for being on the hot seat joe well, let's move on uh, yeah. to round two round two fight Yeah, it's time for the great game debate. Let's go. In this segment, we take a look at board games of the past and see if that game still holds up to today's standards. We are going to be looking at Aquatica. This is a wonderful player game, plays in about 30 to 60 minutes and is uh, done by designer Ivan Tufoski. Tufoski, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. I have no idea, but it's a great, great game, but we'll get to that in a second. I'm going to kick it over to John for a quick how to play video. All right, this is a quick overview on how to play the game Aquatica. In Aquatica, you're exploring the ocean depths and discovering these different locations. These locations you're going to want to either conquer with the power listed or buy them for the amount of gold listed. And then you're going to need to bring them up to the surface in order to score the treasure that you find there. You're going to have your own personal player board. And once you get one of these locations, you would place it in all the way up to the first bubble. And then those bubbles are going to give you other actions to use, or you can just use other methods to bring them all the way up to the surface. Then once they're there, use a treasure action to place them there and get the points at the end of the game. The way you're going to do that is with a hand of cards. Everybody's going to start with the same hand of cards. You're going to have a Legionnaire that allows you to conquer a location. You're going to have the Seahorse, which allows you to scout first and then conquer a location. When you scout, you're going to move whatever locations are left here up here for a one power discount to conquer them and then we will refill the general supply. You also will have the Sea Lord. He allows you to buy one location with gold. Then you have the Blue Waters Agent which allows you to recruit a new character off of the character board that all come at different costs. Some of them are always free. The Wave Teller. This allows you to do two treasure actions as we had talked about earlier or bring two up or bring a card up two levels. And then there's Matrona, which allows you to bring all of your cards back into your hand. Also at your disposal are going to be four trained mana rays. These trained mana rays will start in the ready position. Then as you exhaust them, you'll flip them over. And they give you different powers to augment, like gold and power in order to conquer things. And then when you play your Matrona card, you get to reflip them back to their ready position. So this will go on until either the last card of the location stack is brought out onto the board or the last card from the character stack is brought out on the board or if someone has fulfilled all four end game goals. You can see there's end game goals up at the top and on your turn if you've fulfilled one of those you could place one of your trained mana rays in the far leftmost position and get those points at the end of the game. 
Now let me pause here and show you the Cold Waters expansion. All right, here's the game with the Cold Waters expansion. As you can see, the end of game goals are no longer in play. Instead, you have these little allies. These ally cards you can buy with any combination of gold and victory points. To use victory points, you have to actually take cards that you have treasured out of your treasure and discard them for the rest of the game so you will not get those points. However, you always have four different ones that give you an exact number of points, as you can see on here. It shows you an exact number of points but then it also has an ability that's ongoing throughout the game. But then on this side, you will have ones with different ways that you can earn victory points throughout the game, and it gives you one immediate action that you can do when you claim it. So as you would claim those, just like you would do with those end-of-game goals, you would stick one of your manta rays up there. It gets more expensive to do it, however, the more people do the same one. You would have to pay more each time somebody else has placed a manta ray there. And so, basically, if you want a little bit longer game, you can play the Cold Waters version. It has a little bit more strategy to it. Or if you want the shorter game, you can play with the end game goals. And that is how you play Aquatica. Hey, thanks so much, John. Yes, great, great video. Appreciate you, man. As always, you're one of my favorites in the show. Out of the four, you're one of my favorites. I love That's it. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Aquatica, so as I said even just before that, is I actually love this game. I really, really enjoy it. Um... I dig the hand management aspects of it and just the selection that I'm doing in there. I like that it has the tight resources um, where you're dealing with the cards and you have to generate your currency kind of right then and there in order to play. Nothing rolls over. So I really dig that and how you can use the mana. I think there's a higher level of strategy than uh, initially expected. And, and until you really start to learn the game, then the strategy starts to kick in. Uh, that's my personal thought. Maybe I'm just uh, naive to that, but I think there's a lot of strategy in it. Uh, I really enjoy uh, how the uh, location cards, you can use power or you can use the coins to purchase them. So that gives you some diversity, which I really enjoy. But even further... Furthermore, I really like how the player boards work and how you can kind of explore the depths and start gaining more of those resources and can start to kind of almost like an engine building in that regard with how you're sliding up the cards and, and just gathering those resources. And I think that adds a lot and ultimately scoring points based on exploring those depths um, for those cards. And I just think it's a really unique and creative game. I hadn't really played anything much like it. And I just really, really appreciated that. What I don't love about the game is how sometimes in that market, there's uh, it can get a little bit stagnant in there i don't dig that part um but outside of that all in all i think it's a super good game it's a lot of fun and my wife really enjoys it which makes me enjoy it a whole lot more so it's a game we get to the table quite frequently so yeah i really dig aquatica and if you say anything else you're wrong <laughs> i do gotta ask a question joe Did, have you played the expansion uh yeah yeah i played i played it but only a couple times so i don't i don't have a ton to say about it but i did enjoy what it brought yeah all right well, I asked you that because I'm going to lead in with this. We like to try to find a game that is going to divide us. And, uh, you know, John was like, hey, I like Aquatica. So I was thinking, okay, great. We're going to be divided. This is awesome. And then uh, we played we played the first, the first game without the expansion. And I got to say, it was a little meh. Granted, the, uh, the the play group was a little weird that night, too, and I had just come back from surgery uh, literally the next day. So so I could have been a little tainted. So I was like, we have to play again. So we got our friend Kelly to come. She brought the game, and we played with the expansion. And I do think the expansion fixed a lot of th uh, one of the things I wasn't a big fan of, and that was the end game scoring. In the original game, the end game scoring just happens. It's like if you have 10 cards in your hand, you're like, oh, I have 10 cards in my hand. I get it. You know, <laughs> it was just always like these moments of like, oh, I just did that. Okay. And you weren't really playing for it. You weren't really trying and it just happened. So that was a lot to, 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 you know, uh, left to, 
a lot to be desired. But the expansion replaces that with people that you can actually hire to give you ongoing abilities, which fixes not only the end game scoring problem, but it also fixes the problem that I had with the game too. And that is you never had an engine that you felt like you could really rely on. Like you had a card that says you get plus one fight. And you're like, great, I, I can't conquer anything with one fight. Well, you have to conquer this stuff and you got to have it in your tableau that you get to use one time and then you move it up and then you can't use it again. So there's not a lot of these opportunities to really like, like get a robust engine going on, except for in that expansion with the whole row of people where you can have like always on abilities and always uh, going on things. The other thing, I know my time is up, but the other thing I have to mention is the scouting action. That is actually the thing that like ruined me on the game. And if I thought there was any weak spot with it, it's the scouting. It feels like it's a tight end. It's like a very forced mechanism. It was like, they were like, we need one more thing for these cards to do. And they're like, okay, well, let's a scout. Okay, well, can't we just fill the board up without scouting? And it's like, no, 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 no. You have to play the scout card to fill the board up. And it's like, well, that just feels dirty. And then if I don't have my scout card and there's only one card left, it's like, I don't have any options anymore. And then now I'm forced to buy the cards that nobody wanted because that's the only thing I can actually do in the game is buy these cards that nobody wanted. And then I hope that John or Chris or Joe will play the scout action so I can do something. So I was warm on it. I played the expansion and it felt better and I finally did get to the point where I actually enjoyed the game. So is it hot? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it is. I think it is an underrated game. I think if you haven't tried it, you should actually give it a try. Even without the expansion, I think it's a cool experience that's kind of unique. Daniel, this isn't hot or not. This is the great game debate. So is it a great game? <laughs> yeah. I can't oh, tell yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a great game. So yeah. Okay. Well, this, this is stretching the limit of great game debate. I think this came out in 2022. <laughs> Yeah. Nevertheless, no, no. nevertheless, yeah. uh, but anyway, I think Chris uh, would say this is a new game. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, 2018, I think it's 2018. Yeah. It's, it's before the, yeah. it's before COVID. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it was yeah, before COVID. Then that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a whole different world. Then, another time. So. <laughs> yeah. But we are still going to disagree times. somewhat here, Daniel, because, uh, yeah, when, when Joe submitted his list of games, he wanted to talk about and Aquatica was on there. I'm like, Oh my word. I love Aquatica. It's like one of my mm. favorite games. Now these Yahoo's are going to have to play it for the show. So this is great. Let's, let's pick Aquatica. That's going to be a great time. Uh, yeah. The hand manager. I, I think I've, I've mentioned it before in the show, any of the games with that, with that uh, hand management style where you, everybody starts out with the same, the same hand. Well, except you, you get a leader that's different than everybody else, but it's a matter of deciding when to play those and hold the ones back that, you know, you can still use and trying to wait as long as possible before you have to bring them back into your hand. It's just a lot of strategy involved in that. And I love that. I love those decision-making and talking about the different versions of it, I learned it with the Cool Waters expansion. And I, to be honest, the, the first time I played it, and it was the maximum player count was five players. I think our friend Kelly was there, and I'm talking to her during the whole teach just about. And so I'm like, do you need to understand what's going on with the Cool Waters stuff? And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to learn the game, you know, whatever. And so I thought it was a little too much to take in the first time you play it, maybe, unless you're really paying attention, which I wasn't. But I think it offers two different styles of play, though. I like having the uh, end game scoring up there where it just makes for a shorter game and sometimes too too much shorter for a game because when i did buy it finally i didn't have the expansion i played with just the base end game rules that are on there the end game goals and taught it to some the teach was longer than the game i taught it to real gamers and we sat down and played it and one person had all four of them i swear it was 20 minutes in he had all four goals done i'm like well that ends the game what the heck and so it's that the end game even when you submit even when you put in the more aggressive goals it still kind of sneaks up on you. That end game will sneak up on you on that version. It doesn't happen when you play with the cool waters expansion because you're biting your time more. You're like, you're really setting up the big turns because it's like, Oh, well I want to, I don't want to, cause you have to pay for these things with uh, 
coins, combination of coins and victory points. I don't want to give up victory points. So now I'm trying to conquer all these places that are getting me coins at the same time and then set up this big turn where it's like, okay, now I have my card where I can do this. I got eight coins. Boom, I can do that. In the time you would have scouted three times or something like that instead, which would have ended the game sooner. So, and I don't know what you're talking about with that. It seems like people are always scouting when I don't want them to, and it's and it's getting over scouted when I'm playing. And then, dude, the game's gonna end. Quit scouting so much. So, but as far as that goes, great game. It's great either way you play it. In my in my opinion, just no matter what what you're in the what flavor of the day you're wanting. Do you want chocolate or vanilla? Do you want the one where you're uh, gonna have a little bit of a quicker game and it's a little bit easier to teach, or do you want the one where you have the Cool Waters expansion where there's a little more to it? But a great game either way. It's it's an amazing game. I haven't tired of it yet. I had to defend the scout thing. You're right, Chris. Or uh, sorry, John. John. You're right, John. No, I heard uh, it right. You heard it right, people. I'm yeah. correct. <laughs> Everybody. I'm just so used to saying that. I'm not not exactly. used to saying you're correct, See? John. So exactly. uh, <laughs> defense rest. Uh, the, the scout action, yeah, everyone was doing it because sometimes that's the one thing you get to do as well. Like, I just felt like it was it was just an extra card. I'd just rather it somehow naturally refill and naturally fill up and naturally end out. Uh, Which is and, weird because you're uh, the guy that always wants to be able to end the game quick. So this Oh, no, I do appreciate that. But I can end the game quick, quick by, you know, getting all my four things up there too. So, uh, you know, all my, my end markers. So I could do it that way. I don't need to clear yeah. the deck out. All right. <laughs> So to me, all right, so I'm just going to jump in right here, and I'm, like everyone else, like, and we're normally trying to be divisive and have some people like something, some like, but th this we couldn't get away from it here. This game is great. It is great. But I will kind of double down on a couple of things that people have talked about, some like issues. They're minor things, but they are just kind of, you know, things that I thought as I was playing it. So um, Daniel kind of talked about the scouting thing we just talked about here. Like, I... It, it does feel weird, like it's a card, and it's like, okay, the, you have one card that you have, like, three attack with that you can just go and attack a location to to do it, right? That's one of the cards. And then you have one where it's only one attack, and you have to scout, uh, which then kind of, like, you know, declares the, the, the locations that you can attack, and then puts some of them in, a, in an extra area, and then puts other ones in discard or whatever like that. But you're forced to do that, and it, it's it's just like a little... It's okay, it's fine, it does move the game along, but I think it would be much more interesting if it was an action that you could just spend a couple of gold to clear everything, opposed to uh, it being a forced card to actually make it happen. Now again, maybe the designers built it in such a way to make sure the game moves along, but that's a small detail that I would do. Uh, one thing I also noticed is sometimes the character cards that you can add to your hand that gives you more action, so to speak those are not exactly completely balanced. Uh, there are some that are, are kind of useful, and then there's some that are really, really powerful. I know I played a game, one of the games that I played of the game, um, I got like a score of like 96, and like yes. everyone else is in the 40s, because I got a card that allowed me just to go through the discard pile and pick out any of the yeah. locations as if I had defeated it. So like, you know, it could be an eight power one that's really hard to do. I just play this card and I just go do it. Like, it's really good. And then there's additional ones where you can... Um, there's another card that's like, just play another, play a card that's in your discard again. So I was playing, having this, and I had a character card that let me just defeat the one on top. So I was just defeating them all over and over and over and then playing the guy that let me push it to the top and score. So it, it was an all time score because of a weird combo. But what I, in the, what I would say is a, a small critique would be instead of the normal system to where, uh, when you purchase these, they they start at zero, one, two, three, four, five on the board, and when you buy one, they slide down. Instead of that, actually have prices based on the power of the card, and then yeah. an ability to pay two gold or whatever and flush them as well. So 
a, a small a small critiques of game design that I think I would do differently. Not that I think I know everything, but just saying that kind of speak to me based on playing other games. Uh, that's good little things I would do. And also, I will say that like this isn't the viticulture level of viticulture plus viticulture with Tuscany, where like just don't play the game without Tuscany. That's how much of a difference the expansion makes. It's not to that level, but I will say that the uh, open waters or whatever you guys said the the name cool of the waters ex- cool waters there you go name expansion that changes those in-game goals really does add a lot more um it, like intrigue and also direction to the game when like dana was talking about there's some of them that's just like oh I have 10 cards oh i got 10 cards just do it right instead these are cards that are different each time they're also characters that you have to kind of hire with the with the higher uh thing you can't just do them anytime you want to daniel uh, yeah. uh that that's an inside joke he accidentally did that on yeah accident. i might have cheated in this <laughs> game too uh, i gotta keep my reputation alive <laughs> yeah, it was really funny surprise uh, but it was my fault i didn't make it clear but regardless uh having those up there gives direction and, and that's something i'm really starting to notice about uh board games as a whole but especially with like individual player powers they give you out of the box that direction to help start building your your engine, which is nice on that first play of a game when you're like, I don't know, I'm, I can make money here. I'm going to go over and do that, right? Because usually that's useful in games, right? But, but having that individual player power gives you direction out of the box. So um, one thing, so like- one thing I didn't say in my in my part is uh, is yeah, like uh, Joe had alluded to the the uh, engine building. And how you can, what I love is how you can just set up a gigantic turn, and so it's one of those games where you're like. You know, pause, everybody just stop and pay attention, you know, because you're like, I'm going to flip yeah. this, do this, do this, play this card that moves this up. He's going to do yeah. that. I get this. And then boom, boom, boom. I'm treasuring all these. And, you know, because if I'm just sitting here doing this, number one, I'm worried everybody's going to be like, wait a minute. What did you just do over there? Number two, I love to just brag about my big turns. And that's just awesome to just <laughs> watch this. You, you're not yeah. going to believe it. Watch what I got set up. And I love games that do that, where you can just yeah. set up some huge turn like that and just go crazy. And this one right, does right. it all the time. Yeah, so and that, again, feel, like that said, feels so good. When you oh, it does. Yep. So yeah, just saying. Like I had a bunch of little critiques, but it's only because I was trying to find something other to say it's great. Like yep. if it sounds great, you. go get it. <laughs> a lot of it's a it's a great game to play. I will yep. never not say I don't want to play it. So. Yeah. Or I never will say I want to not play it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It's like that eight nine on BGG, whatever they call it. Well, that was a great debate on Aquatica. As you can see, we all thought it was a great game because it is a great game, but there were some great points. Dan- yeah, Daniel is up and down about it, but, you know, he's wrong. It's fine. Uh, there's a lot of great things shared and discussed. So uh, if you, again, as was mentioned, if you like great games, play Aquatica, get it to the table, try it. It's a lot of fun. And the Cold Water expansion does definitely add some some depth to it. No pun intended. Pun totally intended. We're good. So, uh, but, yeah, that was a great game debate. That's right. Well, thank you, Joe, for hosting that segment. You're the first uh, guest we've had that hosted a segment, so congratulations. You did a great job. Um, And and for that, you have a special offer for everybody, but that's going to happen right here after or during our commercial break. All right, guys. Well, Joe has something to talk to us about. Take it away, Joe. Yeah, so we wanted to reward the listeners of the show here. And so if you're listening this far and you're seeing this and you are a subscriber to the Around the Board podcast on YouTube and elsewhere, you can now enter into this giveaway because you have special access. We're not promoting this giveaway. This is for you, the listener. Uh, We want to reward you for your faithful listenership. So as a result, um, if you would like a copy of Mikiro's Victory, this is a game that I designed, Mikiro's Victory, if you want a copy of it, all you got to do again, 
again, be a subscriber to, to the Around the Board podcast and send me an email at meekheroes at gmail.com. That's meekheroes at gmail.com. You send in that email and I will go ahead and do a random uh, drawing and we'll send a copy of the game to uh, to whoever gets drawn because that's how random drawings work. And uh, <laughs> I would love to get this game in your hands and also want to want to just thank you for supporting the Around the Board podcast because these guys are doing a great thing. So that's uh, that's our, our gift or a gift, my gift, the gift, a gift, whatever gift to you, <laughs> the listener. So oh, cool thank beans. you, Joe. That's that's very kind of you, man. I, I appreciate that. And I know since you are our one listener, there's probably gonna a good win. chance you're going to you're going to win this, right? <laughs> I, I save on shipping. This is incredible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. All right. Well, guys, don't let Joe win his own game. Go ahead and yeah. send him an email yes, and definitely. let's get this out to you. And, and as Joe said, thank you so very much for watching and following around the board and again if you've liked our show and you've liked our spirit and our our humor follow um follow christian board game gamers podcast as well it's an entertaining show and has a lot of value as well so joe we really appreciate it and welcome back and thank you joe for that awesome announcement i'm sure that's gonna be i know i found it exciting i'm sure a lot of our viewers will find it exciting as well uh but you know what we got a special thing here in just a moment and before we do this uh I just want to say we're going to throw it to Hansa, our man in the field, our famous mascot man in the field. And I just want to say one thing first, and that is Hansa has been disparaged on this show more than a few times by everyone. But I want to say I have always been in Hansa's corner. So I am always going to support our man in the field, Mr. Hansa, as he brings us the best comments from you, our viewers and listeners. So let's throw it to him right now. Hansa, what do you got out there? Oh, Oh, hi, John. That was so flattering. I'm not used to that on this show. No. <laughs> uh, wh wh where is Andy at? I don't see him on here. Who's this guy? Oh, well, uh, yeah, we, uh, Andy, uh, it's, uh, it's not looking good for him. Honestly. Oh, <laughs> is he going to make it? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know his, know. I didn't know his leg fracture was that bad. <laughs> it was. Okay. Well, uh, I was looking forward to seeing him, but that's fine. But I have a great comment for you guys today. This one is from a Delaney2. It says, Dear Around the Board, I don't know why you guys are complaining so much about simple second grade math. Power Grid is an amazing game, and the American map is the best map. America! <laughs> Oh, well, uh, you, you do find the best ones there, uh, Hansa. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. They, they, they like Power Grid, but they have the worst taste on maps. That's bizarre. I know. I just like how he disagreed with all of us. Like, That's what I was just going to say. I was like, that, nobody's going to be happy with that comment. <laughs> I was okay with it. I, I need to play the American map. Uh, I, since I've been playing with, with uh, Chris, I haven't been able to play the American map. But I remember liking it, and I feel like it adds an extra challenge, especially if you're building in the Midwest and it's, like, so vast and wide. It's like, is that unbalanced, maybe? Or is it just an added challenge? I don't know. <laughs> Daniel, I think uh, for you, if you want an added challenge, I think they should come up with a new map where instead of paying money, you build words to get to different locations. <laughs> I think that might be pretty good. You need a 15-letter word over here, Daniel. That's awesome. Power travel. <laughs> You know, Joe earlier said that there's a lot of abuse thrown at John, but John, you, you can see how he kind of deserves it, right? Look, I All didn't, right. say, well, why, I didn't say why it was being thrown. I just said it was being thrown. I don't know. 
<laughs> Fair. Okay. Good. Good point. All right. Well, let's get back to it, guys, as we go into round three. Round three. Fight. Alright guys, so here we're going to talk today about Take That Games, everyone's favorite mechanism that no one's ever divided on and no one ever loses their friends and family over. So uh, so we are going to talk about Take That Games. Alright, well I'll start here. So, man, uh, obviously they're very divisive. So yeah, this is actually something I, I'm not sure I'm very divisive on myself. I, I feel like there's there's some really good use of it, and then there's some situations, like, if it's tacked on, that's really the problem, right? Like, like if it completely derails the experience, it's not going to work. But th there are games that some people will talk about as take that, when in reality it's a game of conflict. Like, the, the, the if you play, a, like, especially if you play, like, a war game, right? Like, yeah, take that. I killed your unit because that's what I'm supposed to do in the game, right? Now, if it's, if it's you know, everyone's kind of doing, like, worker placement or something like that, and you have some random cards, and I play a card, and because I played it, I take three victory points from you. Okay, well, then, yeah, that's that's take that, and that's really just tacked on and not really adding to the experience. But I, I think a lot of times people mix take that with, with conflict and so you really have to separate them uh for example war games are very conflict based and so those aren't really take that unless there's a card that again just randomly kills units for no reason then that's kind of ridiculous but then there are games that are specifically kind of take that like the steve jackson game steve jackson's kind of known for these kind of take that games which again as long as you know going in i think most of us have like played munchkin at some point and we usually was a a, a seminal game in our gaming experience when we were younger so we, it was fun at the time, and like I know I soured on it for a really long time because it was very take thatty. But then now, as kind of got older and played games a bit more over time, I'm like, well, as long as I know what I'm getting into, that's fine, right? As long as everyone knows the expectations. But if you don't, then it then it can be pretty like, oh, I've worked really hard and everything like that, and now I'm about to win, and now everyone's attacking me, right? If you're not expecting that, then that can be really really upset you, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if it's done correct, I mean, I think you could say that about most things, right? If, if things are implemented well and, and, and fine, then you're going to ha not have a problem with it. So, uh, at least that's where I'm at. If, if it's done well, it can be enjoyable. And most of all, we need to, we need to separate the idea of conflict and take that. Cause I think those get confused more often than not. Um, what's your thoughts on this, Joe? Uh, so yeah, actually I agree with you in a, in a lot of ways here and I love to take that mechanism in games for me. A lot of times they can help balance things out. I know that might feel a little weird, but I think they can, but I like equal opportunity in that. Right. So like, again, knowing what I'm getting into, everyone's got the same ability to, to do some of that, take that stuff. So it's not just one person that has that one card that does that one thing, but so long as everybody can access it and ha you know, um, it balances that for me. I know in, in my games, uh, you know, I've got take that elements and there was some up and down, uh, bits on that as to whether like a biblically inspired game could have, um, you know, a take that thing. And, and, and I, I think they can, because again, I think it's a, it's a solid mechanic, but it depends on how you use it. And I use in, in my game, me heroes victory, I use a card called yo, take a break. And the idea is to say, hey, you've been worn pretty hard. You need to take a break. So I'm going to, I'm going to force a Sabbath on you. Right. And, uh, but, but everyone has access to it. And all 
you got to do is pay a cost in order to activate it. So it's not like I only have access to this. Anyone can access it and, and do those sorts of things. And there are cards that would take resources and that kind of stuff. But like you said, if I know what I'm going into and knowing that there is elements of take that, then I'm going to play that uh, as best as I, I can. And I'm going to utilize those things to my advantage because that's playing the game. It's, it's a competitive or whatever. And I want to be able to uh maximize that and so if there's take that in the game i'm gonna find it and i'm gonna exploit it and we're gonna have a lot of fun with it and you might throw dice at me it's fine but again but again when we sit when we sit down at the table you know that's what we're getting into and what we're doing and so um as long as that's upfront and transparent i'm i'm really good with it but i don't like the sleeper take that either uh when it just comes out of left field and you're like ah i didn't know that card was there um, but I will next time. <laughs> so I gotta ask Joe, have you how much backlash have you had for your take that in your Christian themed game? Yeah, so not a ton, but more than I expected, right? Because for me, it's yeah. like, again, it's a mechanism I enjoy. I I really liked, like, I mean, younger, you're playing Uno and stuff, but I like the exploding kittens and the uh, unstable unicorns and those kind of, like, more take that -y type type games little card games or whatever and i enjoy it and so i brought that in because it's a it's a mechanism that that i personally enjoy but i didn't expect the backlash i got and again it wasn't like exponential and i think people had some valid points and some things that i've thought through a little bit more that i just wasn't expecting um but again, I, my thought process is you can absolutely have take that in a biblically inspired game because there's satire even in it. Even in my game, there's a traitor card and it's like, well, there's unfortunately there's traitors uh, in, in biblical times and in today's day. And sometimes the church can be the worst at biting and devouring one another. And so um, there's a little bit of satire in that as well. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I get it. We're all kind of trying to do this thing, but uh, simultaneously... Uh, we don't always do that well, and sometimes we hurt one another. And so, uh, not that I want to promote the hurt one another aspects of it, but <laughs> but it's but it's in there. And so, if you're playing the traitor card in Mikiro's Victory, you're you're manipulating somebody's deck in a deck building game that that hurts a little bit, right? It's definitely a a take that element. But again, you all have access to it, and it just creates a a way to even things out, create some balance. The game's mainly a race, and so it just adds some some ways to help people catch up or or seal the deal. Right. Like I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm winning this thing and I'm going to use it in order to do that. And so I don't know. I, I just think it, there's there's room for it. And I'm not saying every game has to have it, but when it's there, I enjoy it. All right. Cool. So, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I was going to come in. I didn't know where everybody was going to take on this. I was prepared to, to defend it. I was prepared. I was prepared to, to attack it because um, I wanted to defend it in the sense of Munchkin. It was actually, uh, I won't call it my gateway game, but in the year 2000 when it came out or 2001, sometime around there, like we bought it that year and I have every single set up until Axe Cop. I still have it underneath my bed uh, because that's the only place it fits. And we <laughs> played it as um, in college all the time. We even played an epic 16 game uh, person game of it where we split into two teams and we each had our own deck that was like super munchkin. And then this person had munchkin bites. And then you got to trade between tables, but not. Yeah, it was so much fun. Uh, but anyways, that was like my life in college. I love munchkin. I love to take that. But as I became more uh, aware of board games, I realized how flawed Take That is. And the biggest flaw of it is that it's this uh, stop the leader. Uh, most Take That games have the, the uh, whoever, you wait till they get, are about to win, and then you stop them. And then you wait till the next person <laughs> about to win, and you stop them. And then you wait for the next person about to win, and you stop them. And it's like it's almost like the whole game freezes until the very end. And then that's when you all of a sudden start throwing stuff out and everything like that. And that's, that's where it feels like it misses the mark. 
And then I will say that in Euro games, there is no place for it in Euro games. I've played Arc Nova, and there's like these Venom cards and these Stealing cards. I will never play with them. I don't even want to try to play with them. Don't take something I've built up, my beautiful tableau that you had nothing to do with, and all of a sudden say, I'm going to take that from you. It's like, no! Like, why? There's no reason for that. You did nothing... Like, I didn't do anything to you. You did nothing to affect this game and my game. Why do you just get to play a card that all of a sudden gets to affect my game? No, these serious Euro games, if they have Take That in it, just get it out of there. I don't want it. It needs to be optional. I And, and if you make me play a game with Take That... Now, if the game itself has a Take That element, like um, the Year of the Dragon... Where they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your arm down. The Year of the Dragon. <laughs> the Year of the Dragon. It's like the game is trying to get you, and you have to prepare for it, all the things that it's going to rip away from you. Now, that's fun, but that's not take that either. But it's kind of take that, just the game's doing it. Anyways, so uh, it, it had its time to shine. I think take that's so over. Did you. I don't all think... right, it's my turn. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, I think what we've done this a time or two before, we've like, what is. Ameritrash. What is a Eurogames? And I think we need to do a what is sometime on what is Take That because Take That, yeah, there are the Take That complete genre games. Like you said, Munchkin, Kill Doctor Lucky is another one where you're doing that kind of thing. But I mean, so many, like Joe was just mentioning earlier, Catan. When I'm playing Catan, it's not enough that I build something that benefits me. It has to hurt you. It's That's that's how you win the game. If you're just building in your own little corner over here and not bothering anybody, you're not going to win. you got to get out there and get aggressive, and you got to do things to other people. Make them take that. And a lot of games, you said that about Euro games. A lot of Euro games are take that, too. It's just more subtle. Okay, any worker placement game, you're going to, oh, man, he's going to go there next. I don't need it as bad as he does, but if I go there... He can't do it at all because then it costs him extra resources and he ends up, boom, I'm going here. So it hoes you, man. You can't do it now. That's that's a take that, man. And one way or another, that's a take that. And that's a Euro game. Yeah, you know it's a possibility. It's all available to everybody out on the board, but it's still take that. People can do things to affect your game in a negative way just for no reason if they want to. And one of the games that, that and well, one game we played last night, Bequest, it's one of those I split, you choose games. That, what's more take that than something like that, even though it's not considered a take that game. It's like, I know he's collecting these. Well, I'm going to give him these two negative cards to go with that, or he can take this that doesn't have the cards that he wants. Boom, which one are you going to take? You know, it's like, yeah. so you're making someone take, you know, some sour with their sandwich there. And so th there's take that almost all over the place. Then I'm king of the, ironically, one of the king of the take that games that I own is nothing personal. Joe, I don't know if you're aware of this game or not, but uh, Board Game Jesus designed it uh tom vassal and if there's ever been an advocate against take that wouldn't you say it's like tom vassal doesn't he always oh it's games to take that it's got too much to yeah. take that yeah. this whole game it's a beautiful smorgasbord of take that and it's it's a mm. uh, it's a big uh gang war kind of thing you're all vying to be the head of the of the mafia and oh you're knocking people off you're taking that you're taking stuff from people yeah. and and it's beautiful it's an amazing game but ironic that it comes from him and he hates bad instructions. The instructions are terrible too, but so it's just kind of ironic, but take that can be a beautiful thing is all I'm saying. And it's out there more than you think. And if you think your little safe Euro game doesn't have take that, then you're wrong, Daniel. That's what I got to say about that. I agree. And, and I think, I think any competitive game to some degree can have a take that element because that's part of my strategy. I am going to prevent you from accomplishing your goal one way or another. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's just how I see it and how I play it. I'm always looking for that. What's my strategic advantage and how can I slow you down? And maybe that's mm -hmm. just how I play, but 
Uh, I love that, even in worker placement. I'm going to go to that spot, even though I don't need it, but it is going to make you uh, suffer a little bit in this. Yep. So yep. maybe exactly. suffer is yep. too strong of a word. Maybe yeah. it's too strong of a word. But either, either way, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you. There you go. Yeah, we, we need to define take that because I will say what you guys said, I don't think it's take that. Like hate drafting and taking someone's spot isn't take that. Take that is like where I'm like I'm actively removing something that you're doing or that I am like uh, just destroying something you built. That's different than taking your spot. That's competitiveness. That's getting there first, doing it better. Uh, and in a game like that, I'm almost better than take that than like the multiplayer solitaire stuff because that one, that one. Yeah, really I'd agree with you. Yeah, there. that's fair. That's fair. I win. I just love the term hate like... drafting. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah. Oh no, you're good. Keep going. That's fine. No, I was just saying the hate drafting. That that you guys need like a glossary of terms, man, because you'd be dropping stuff that I just never heard. Yeah. It's funny. I never, yeah. yeah, that's that's a old school term from like our magic uh, drafting cards. So, yeah. Ah, yeah. See, I'm I'm a, I'm new school. I don't know. I don't have that. He's just a baby. And yeah, still learning. <laughs> well guys do you like take that games or are you complete more on like daniel let us know in the uh, comments below how you feel about take that and what is take that anyway round four fight board game believe it or not yes round four is our famous award-winning believe it or not segment where i come up with today we got about 10 uh, different board games that are somewhat evenly split between real ones and ones that I've made up. And I try to find some interesting games that maybe you question, is it real? Can I believe it or can I not believe it? And I'll throw them out to these yahoos and we'll see if they believe it or not. If they believe it and it's real, or if they just guess it right, then uh, they get a point. If I fool two of them, I get a point. I usually don't get many points, but we usually talk about some fun games. And it's <laughs> what it's, it's a journey of experiment together. So uh, as usual... Chris, wait a minute, let me give you your intro. To the man in the orange corner, comprised entirely of Twisted Seal and Sex Appeal, Chris Thomason. That's right. Pick a number between one and ten, buddy. Uh, well, I'm going to go with what I am, number one. Number one. Okay, it's going to be back here on the first two. page. <laughs> uh, number one is Gangster's Paradise from 1999. Not Gangsta's Paradise, but Gangster's Paradise. Sure, sure. sure. While moving around a board that resembles city streets, players, or players, will collect cards to upgrade their rides, their bling, and their women. Will you score that fat recording contract or be gunned down in the street? Whether alive or dead, the winner is the gangster with the most cash and reputation. Got some light set collections, some push your luck, and lots of take that. Chris, what do you think, buddy? Did Gangster's Paradise really come out in 1999? Uh, I like this one. This is well done, John. Um, man, like I, I'm going to take a moment here. Like I'm not much for like gushing and like, you know, propping up my, my cohorts here. I usually like trashing them, but like, I'm going to say like you, you really do knock this out of the park every single time. Like you come to, you come to this game and you have come up with names and ideas of games that are on point. They never are like, well, obviously that's not real. Like you, you really do do a good job at this. Um, Thank you, thank you. Ah, oh, topicalness with Coolio at that point. I'm just going to go with, yeah, it's real. I'm going to go with it's real, sure. Chris is a believe. Joe, we go to you, buddy. Believe it or not, Gangster's Paradise from 1999. Yeah, that's the tough part. You got the year pretty good, man. So that, that's it's very convincing that that would come out in 1999. I'm, I'm actually hopefully believing it to be a yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, I'm hopeful in this. Okay. So we could go yes. find this game and play yeah. it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so we got two right. believes, and it goes to Daniel. Well, Daniel, what do you say, buddy? In a different way, I'm going to meta this like Andy. I'm not picking it. I don't believe it because because you guys did. I'm picking it because if John came up. No, 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 no. I, no, I do believe it. I do believe it's a game. I'm sorry. I agree with you guys. But because if John came up with this this thing, he needs to be canceled. He talked about upgrading his women. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. I can't see John being like, I'm gonna write this description. Upgrade your car. Upgrade your woman. <laughs> yeah. So if you did do it, John, I'm kicking you off the show. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I believe it. I think it's real. Daniel is a believe. Gangster's Paradise. Yep. I made up the other day in my kitchen. Oh, no. Thinking wow. about Coolio. Yep. Okay. Wow. Gangster. Wow. I think it's wow. the first time I fooled everybody on one that I that I made up. Yeah, made that's up? pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How does your wife know? How bad. does your wife feel about upgrading women? <laughs> she doesn't. Lo- she doesn't watch our show. Great <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, a number between one and nine, good. buddy. What do you got? I want to oh, go to Jim I want to go to Gen Con this year and ask, like, every single time booths I go to, like, um, does your game have any upgrading women components <laughs> mechanics? Is there a mechanic for that? Yeah. To be honest, uh, as I read that, I forgot I even included that. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a little yeah. over the top. <laughs> just just like, a touch. Just a little. <laughs> yeah, just, just a bit. But, yeah. yeah, and I'm over here as the representative of the Christian. I'm like, I hope that game's real. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I totally play that game. Let's get that game on the show. Let's go. You know, like what? No. Yeah, I. Part right. of that right. game community. Yeah, and the the, pro- the problem is, is that part can't get edited out. It's like a big <laughs> into my answer. So, like, yes. Hey, the Christian says he hopes the game with upgrading women. No, this is good. Yeah. Already right, again. Again, not coming in the show. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> When it, when it says so, when I say hopefully, Randy, hit that beep. So it, no, no, wait, then it sounds like I'm cursing. Don't. Never mind. It's over. All right. Woo. Uh, you want to start back over with the pick number? Sure. One, number between <laughs> one and nine there, uh, Joe. What do you got? Oh, man. I'm going to go with number seven. Number seven. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, mission Ends of the Earth from 2021. In this strategic tile placement game, you must help your missionary get to their destination village with the required resources. Complete your mission cards and be the first player to reach their village to win the game. So you're laying down tiles to connect where you start from around to get to where the mission is on another part of the board. So, so did you just bring in missionary because, you know, I'm a Christian on the show. You <laughs> I was mission, hoping this one would get named. Yes, I added space. this this week. Yes. Okay. You picked I'm... seven, but it was going to be this one regardless. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> this one was going to come up at some <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't believe it. I don't think that's a real game. It sounds like some other games, but I, I'm going to say no. It's not Joe, a real game. Joe is not believing this, Chris. Not for a second. What about you? Me? Um. Oh, I'm sorry. Daniel's next. My bad. Yeah, Chris. Like me. Chris, yeah, you sit back and think. Oh. My bad. Daniel, what do you say? It's weird because uh, like we go around the board. You know, it's a clockwise. Yes. I understand. I, I forgot the format. <laughs> okay, Andy. Uh, <laughs> so I want to disagree. I, I wanted the other two to go because I wanted to take the opposite of them because I don't oh. know. It yeah. sounded so convincing, but so did Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. You know, I'm going to have faith that there is a good Christian game out there that came out prior to two years ago. So I'm okay. going to believe it. 
So mission ends of the earth. We've got one believe, one no believe. Chris, it's up to you if I'm going to get a point or not. All right. So I'm going to go with, so this is kind of a follow-up to what before. Like, I'm going to say this is real because if, if, if John made this up, he did not put the John level quality into this description. It was very, <laughs> I used place some tiles and, you know, missionary and, and words and over like that. That's, that's what I heard. So I'm going to say this is, this is real because it does not have the John seal of excellence for this. I gotcha. Uh, well, mission ends of the earth did come out in 2021. Uh, Chris Yee had it on his list of uh, terrible Christian games. And he, <laughs> he said is the direct quote is worst tile laying game I've ever played. Maybe the worst game I've ever played. So Ooh, there you yeah. go. It's not, it's a kind of a rip off of Carcassonne, but Oh, it's, it looks really bad. It's yeah. When I, oh, when I was the description actually sounded fairly decent, but yeah, I, I mentioned yeah. the good parts. That's why I didn't know it was a game because you know I wouldn't have such a game even cross my eyes. Alone. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not in my field of vision. Yeah, I can't uh, see bad games. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, that brings us to you, buddy. One All right, eight. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with uh, number six. Number six. It's over there. The number of man. <laughs> oh, here it is. Number six. Uh, landfill from 1982. Right. Spin the spinner to move your dump trucks around the board. In the center is a massive foam landfill. When you land on a dig space, you get to reach into the landfill and try to score a treasure. Will you find a gold candlestick, a valuable baseball card, or just a junk coffee maker? You never know in landfill. It's like a big nice. foam landfill that has holes in it. You can you stuff things in there, and then you reach in and see what you get. Daniel, what do you think? Landfill come out in well, 1982? It sounds environmentally unfriendly and has foam in it, um, so it fits the bill. So, yeah, why not? I think this is real. And, you know, honestly, we give a lot of heat to, like, games from the 80s and 70s. There are some pretty epic games out there that are, like, high quality and, and very highly produced. And this sounds like it, it fits right in there. So I'm going to go it's real. Daniel is a believe. Chris, what do you say, buddy? I believe So it. I thought Daniel was going a different direction with that statement. Yeah, you never know. He leads one way and goes another. There are some diamonds in the rough in those old games, but actually the games with like high production value were always trash. Like that's the reason I feel the way about high production values of games today. What are you okay, hiding? Yeah. What are you hiding with your high production value? It's that there is no game going on here. So, um, sure, I'll go with it's real. Like, and if so, that I just want to see this because I'm trying to visualize this landfill thing. I want the, so Chris is a believe, and Daniel's a believe, and it all goes to you, Joe. What do you think? Well, you know, I'd hate to be the odd man out and say I don't believe it. No, I I do actually, I do believe it. It sounds like the the foam does sound like something that would come out in the 80s. I'm all in. Let's try and figure it out. All right, cool. Uh, landfill is, a believe it or not, a game I made up. And oh. so oh. y'all got it wrong again. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking John, of... I was convinced that I had seen this game before, and I'm so glad I didn't <laughs> say it. Like, I know it's real because I've seen it. There you go. <laughs> But in my head, um, I was prepared to say it. But uh, the funny thing is, I kept having to come up with different titles because the titles were all taken. And so I'm like, you uh, know, you know, like Junkyard Jewels or something. I don't know. I was coming up with different names. I'm like, finally, just Landfill. And then, okay, finally, there's no Landfill game. Thank goodness. Uh, but we, we got time for at least one more. Chris, you want to pick a number between one uh, and seven? Oh, okay. Because uh, I thought 10 was going to be awesome. Well, I'll go with me because I'm a 10, but that's not a thing. Uh, I guess I'll go with me who's a four. 
You was a four. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Codename Sector from 1977, the computer game of submarine pursuit. When computers were first developed, they would cost over a million dollars and fill an entire room. Now, after extensive research, Parker Brothers brings you a powerful computer designed for family fun. An electronic readout made up of light-emitting diodes displays information to track down an enemy sub. Nine-volt battery not included. <laughs> this description is too fantastic. It's not real. John yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris refuses to believe it. Joe, what about you? I am convinced this is one of the hardest things I've done in my life. Like, you, you, you know, <laughs> what in the world, man? You, I, uh, I feel like my board game knowledge is very, very nil because if I say it's not, I don't know. Uh, yep, cool. Here's welcome to sounding like an idiot. I'm going to say it's not real. Not and then real, when it is, you. I'll just be excited about it. We got know. two no believes. Daniel, what about you? Well, John, you took me on an emotional roller coaster. You said code names, so I was thinking, oh, it's a it's a version of code names. Right. And then you said yeah. sex, and I was like, what is going? <laughs> <laughs> and then you went to computers, and I'm like, oh, okay, um, I don't I don't know what yeah. this is at all. Um, no, I'm gonna go with uh, it. I'm gonna go with no. It doesn't. It's not real. Does it? Did everybody say no? Mm-hmm. Everybody said no. Code name sector. Believe it or not did come out in 1977 and i thought for sure daniel would get this one because they have a copy of it at that uh little uh what is it like antique toy store at the mall that you go to yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's where i saw it i'm like what and i saw the back where it talks about the light emitting diodes and the computer that takes them i was like this is hilarious i love it it was the parker brothers that threw me off yeah are you talking about the place next to the arcade zone yes yes that one I need to stop yeah. by there and pick this game up then. There you go. There's a copy of it in there. Check yeah. this out. <laughs> check it out. All right. Well, that wraps up this issue, or this issue, this episode <laughs> of Believe It or Not, Board Game Believe It or Not. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we had we talked about some pretty cool games there. What did you think? Did I fool any of you? Please let us know in the comments below. And let's see who our winner is, shall we? Well, let's see. We've got Daniel uh, arriving with 16 points. Everybody scored really well today. I mean, Randy, oh, this is generous. the best scoring episode. I think it is. Get Andy off the show and and and, and everybody scores, man, like crazy. <laughs> uh, Daniel had sixteen. Chris has got eighteen. Might, that might be a new personal best for Chris. Possibly. Uh, <laughs> Joe, our guest, has nineteen. Nobody could compete with the the games. On believe it or not, I've never had that much success. That's the only nice. reason I won. Was Randy could not help it. I had to win, and so I won with twenty. <laughs> and it, it it's been forever since I've won too, and that that's yeah. pretty wild. Well but. Done. Irregardless, as I like to say, of the fact that I won, <laughs> I am going to cede my time to our guest who has been so generous today. And uh, Joe, why don't you take it away with the final say? Uh, well, yeah, lots lots to say here, but in a short period of time, that's super fun. No, this has actually been uh, great. I've enjoyed laughing with y'all and, uh, and talking with you. And like I said, I really enjoy what you guys are doing in the board game space. So my final little wrap-up here is going to be about y'all and uh, a mode of inc- a mode of encouragement. No, for real. Because again, I think that you you bring a new thing to the space. You're a lot of fun and for people that are looking to learn more about games, 
and what games to stay away from. Because I'll tell you, after watching your last episode about Power Grid, I don't think I'm going to actually play that game. Uh, I've been asked I've been asked several times, and I'm like, nah, I don't think so. I'm not I'm not all, you know, it's, it sounds too mathy and too much for me and all that. So I actually, I start to try to think about who, which one of y'all's uh, gaming preferences that I'm, I'm more like, and then I would start to want to play more of the games than that. And I'm still kind of undecided and, and in between. And I did want to come here and just encourage John, who does get trashed on in this show, because John, John John's exactly. the man, and clearly he would win the episode that I get to be on. But, no, I just really appreciate you all in this space. Think you're bringing something really unique and just bringing more and more awareness to the hobby. Board gaming, to me, uh, is more than just games at the table. It's community, and I love the fact that the four of you and Andy's here, that you guys game together, you know each other well, you're a community. Uh, you have your super top-secret um, producer who is actually real as part of this community, and you guys have a number of other friends, and even doing the conventions and those kind of things, where uh, I just think that, that uh, especially after, after COVID, and just for me personally, wanting to fight for community and how board games can really do that. And so when you guys come together as the four of you uh just talking about games and having a good time i think that is contagious and uh, i think people can get more and more excited about the hobby and connecting with other people and just sitting down at the table and just having good fun whether it be take that or don't steal from daniel when you're playing arc nova like however you want to do it um but I think it's just so important, and I think that more and more of that just needs to continue to happen. And so I love what you all are bringing to the space. I'm super honored to to be a part of the show today, and uh, it was nice just to sit here and, and listen to you all and uh, go back and forth. So it was, a, it was a really good time, and the fact that I scored any points is really exciting because I can say, hey, I was on the Around the Board podcast, and I scored 19 points. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's what's up. No, no one can ever take that away from you. Never. I got that forever. So, <laughs> True. Nah, so well, thank you guys so much. Cool. Randy could take it away from you. Yeah, <laughs> Randy, yeah true, 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 true. Yeah, don't, don't, t- don't touch that dial. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, that was uh, very thoughtful of you. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you having you on the show, uh, right. and we appreciate all the kind words uh, that you have said. So uh, thank you. But uh, before we go out, we have one more thing, and that's Chris he has some uh, board game relegations to go over. Well, I'm looking forward to the definition of relegation. So we're here once again looking at the games that have fallen off or been promoted from below the top 100 games on Board Game Geek. We like to look at this every couple of weeks to a couple of months episodes and just see how the movement's taken place. So the last time I we looked at this and talked about it was on December 14th, 2023, and I went ahead and re-looked at the numbers today. And some very interesting movements have happened. So first of all, the Seventh Continent, which was at 94th on 2023, has actually fallen all the way down to 101. So a big movement by that, but not to be outdone by the game that's largely taken its place, but really shot up the the, the uh, charts, is Oathsworn. It has gone from off uh, off the top 100 all the way up to 82. In our production meeting about a week and a half ago, I looked at it. And it was already it was 86, so it made that four additional moves even just the last week and a half. So Oathsworn has really taken off here. Uh, I think it recently got de- like delivered, really. Like, it's a lot of its Kickstarter finally got delivered, so I think that's part of the reason. So uh, it's a game that I was always kind of interested in, but it's it's kind of one of those lifestyle games. And, like, I, I just, I mean, I, I like the idea of them. I just don't have the ability, especially with the show and everything, right? I got to kind of play a lot of stuff. <laughs> Whatever. So... Uh, but yeah, so congrats to Oathsworn that it's falling off, or that it's popping off and really coming up the charts, and uh, unfortunate to the Seventh Continent that it's it's falling off and dead to all of us. So, uh, so long, Seventh Continent. 
speaking just for me, Chris, I can't. I both these games are dead to me on Arrival. Uh, oh. Seventh, seventh. I've never known anyone that's played Seventh Continent. It's something that gets traded around all the time, kind of like Twilight Imperium, and you never actually see anybody play it. And then Oathsworn just seems like it's the new Seventh Continent that's going to be the next one that nobody plays. So no, Oathsworn is the next Gloomhaven, but it's not as good as Gloomhaven. I haven't played it, but nothing could be better than Gloomhaven. So I'm going to dismiss it outright. <laughs> and John, I have played Seventh Continent, and you're right. I gave it to Matt Saunders. I gave it to him. Ooh. It was the Kickstarter edition and everything. And I was Man. like, you know what, Matt? You enjoyed this a lot more than me. I'm going to give this to you because it wasn't my cup of tea. Not okay. not a good... I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, I, Seventh Continent didn't really hit well overall. I never heard great reviews on it. But Earthsworn, it, it, it spoke to me in a lot of different ways. I just, again, don't have the time commitment. And, I mean, it's got to be infinitely better than a giant box of trash called Gloomhaven. <laughs> <laughs> mom is trash that game is great you don't even know what you're talking about you played it once with your kid and you were like this game is garbage and you no, bailed out whatever multiple times with you so yes my child you're right I apologize. <laughs> yeah. joe where can we find you before we leave yeah so you can find me on uh instagram and facebook at christian board gamers um you can go to the facebook group which if you just search for christian board gamers or you go to facebook.com slash group slash Christian board gamers, you can do that. And uh, also Meek Heroes, meekheroes.com and uh, Meek Heroes on Instagram and Facebook as well. So uh, yeah, you can reach out. I'd love to talk with you and connect. I'm all about doing that. So cool. Joe, are you on Anchor by any chance? We're on no. Anchor, baby. Yeah, yeah, I've been no, on Anchor. Anchor. I have no idea what it is. Oh, Anchor, yeah. No, no. The, 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 podcast, <laughs> the podcast is on uh, YouTube and Spotify. And so we don't have cool video content yet. Our, our YouTube is just audio. But, yeah, and that's all with Christian Christian Board Gamers. If you did that on Spotify and YouTube, you'd find us there. So. Cool. Sounds good. Yep. Awesome. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. Make sure you check out Joe and all the things he is doing. But for us, that's it for today. Thanks to all of our wonderful viewers out there. Remember to tap those like and subscribe buttons also be sure to join our facebook group around the board like and subscribe on youtube channel and send us an email at mail at around the board.net or reach out to us on x or on tiktok we don't really use those very often facebook's the best one just go to facebook join our group yeah, enjoy the best. excitement and uh join us next time around the board Woo! yeah awesome i forgot to get something out Joe, have you ever that? seen this one, Gru, from Stephen Jackson Games? What is, what is that? I'm very intrigued. Yeah. It's uh, Gru the Wanderer like from Mad Magazine. They have a game of it. It looks like one of the role-playing cool. games.